was the first time I've seen a snooker table. But where's my bow tie? I can't find my bow tie. Just before the next set of qualifiers, I was on the plane and my cue did arrive. Hello and welcome to the World Snooker Tours podcast, Table Talk. I'm Kieran Paul and I will be joined by players and referees to have a chat and learn more about them. Now you might hear a bit of background noise right at the moment because we are currently at the Watford Coliseum for the shootout. We're in the players' lounge, there's a practice table, there's a bar, some players are getting merry there with their families, there's kids running around. I am with Lucas Kleckers. First of all, welcome to the podcast, Lucas. Thanks for inviting me to the interview. Now, Alex Erzenbacher just walked along and just like interrupted yeah. us. We were ready to start and then he comes and says hello to you. Um, so it's quite a strange atmosphere, this, isn't it? You've got players everywhere. It's very unlike most tournaments, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's quite loud. That you can see that on TV. And, uh, yeah, p- uh, the players are all very relaxed. And it's really different and nice atmosphere. Now, I've asked uh, a few players on this podcast what they were like at school. Because well, I'm just very nosy, really. But being 23 yourself, you probably remember it more honestly. Because I asked players in their 40s, and they just said, oh, yeah, I was great. I was lovely at school. But, mm, it was like 30 years ago. So were you naughty at school? What were you like at school? School at that time was priority for me. I said um, I want to finish school properly and then play snooker and see what happens. I got my graduation and uh, could go to university and that was my main aim. So So when you were at school, of course, this was like early 2000s and snooker is a relatively new phenomenon in Germany, isn't it really? So you would have been playing when there weren't any German players on telly. Were there many snooker clubs? I mean, I was really lucky because um, I started watching snooker on TV when, I think in 2004 or something. I started playing a little bit pool when I was nine years old. And just by fortune, um, my father and I, we just passed uh, a shop where there was the shield snooker on the outside. And I thought, yeah, I I know that from TV. And then we just went inside and saw that there's a snooker club. And yeah, that was the first time I've seen a snooker table. So, how, uh, And how old were you then when you were with your dad? I think nine. And then, uh, yeah, I entered the club when I was 10. Yeah. Yeah, and since then, it's... Uh, were you allowed? Were you allowed? Did you have to have your dad with you? Because some clubs uh, don't allow you to as you were a child. Um, in that club, it was allowed, oh. yeah. yeah. That yeah. was a very big thing, thing for me. And it was important that I co- could go there. But how, like, when you're nine, how tall are you? Because surely you're <laughs> only a little bit above the table. You know, it would have been hard. The queue would have been bigger than you, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, at the beginning, um, somebody told me I should buy a queue and then just cut it into, a, into half and then yeah. play with it. But I didn't like it. I also didn't like to stand on a box at the beginning. I tried it at the someone beginning. someone try and put a box? Yeah, Did someone yeah. get a box for you? <laughs> yeah, because I was really small. And uh, fortunately, when I think I was 10, 11, 12, that was uh, the time where I grew the most. And then it was no problem anymore. Because you would have been growing up during the Germany World Cup, so that was 2006. You know, football, it's a, it's a football crazy country. Germany yeah. are very good at football. 100%. You, you, don't, yeah. have to tell, you don't have to tell <laughs> me about yeah. that Englishman. Germany are very good at football. It's mad about football. So when, when all your friends, I guess, in Germany were playing football, watching football, did, did they know what snooker was? If you said, right, I'm going to go and play snooker, they were like, Lucas, what? What are you doing? 
just a few knew about it, but um, not really. I mean, I also played football when I was really young. I seriously started playing snooker a bit later, like when I was 12, 13, and my friends didn't really know what it is, so, but mm. that's how it is in Germany. <laughs> Did you have to like sh literally show them what it was? Did you have to say, right, this is what I'm spending my time doing? Yeah, I mean, when you tell them, yeah, it's the thing that you can watch on Eurosport, which is quite regular there, then they knew, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it a few times. And then, then they remember it sometimes. But there are also people who have no idea. Then you just have to tell them what pool billiards is. That's a bit more famous in Germany. And then you say, yeah, snooker is a version of that kind of. But of course, any success you get will bring the nation more knowledge of snooker because I was thinking earlier, and, and you're one of the few players, is it you, there's Simon Lichtenberg, very few players are the only player from their nation, if you see what I mean. Now, you won the German Amateur Championship when you were 17, which is ridiculous, by the way. Have you like, felt a weight of expectation since then? Like, Did you win it and think, oh, God, now I'm going to have a country sort of wanting success for me? Um, I have to say not really. I mean, I knew I was so happy when I just won the German championships. I can still remember the last balls like it was yesterday. I knew I want to, I want to go somewhere else. So I w always want to go on the main tour and like perform on the, on, on the big tournaments. Hopefully it's just the beginning. So I always knew there's a long way up. So. Do you still see school friends that were like, oh, what, what are you doing now? Why aren't you playing football? But now you can say, look at me, like, I'm, I'm, I'm touring the world. I'm a professional snooker player. This is what I aim to do, and now I'm doing it. And that must be quite nice when you see school friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, all of them know snooker better because they've seen me playing on TV, and that's always a good argument when you talk to them. When you do professional sports, it's always some understand what you do and some don't really understand it. So it's uh, there's one one thing is to get on the pro tour is really hard, and the other thing is obviously to stay on the pro tour. Both are really hard. Yeah, you just have to keep playing, 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 practicing all the time, and keep working hard. And uh, that's probably the thing that um, the players who give up, they can't achieve that. But it's really hard to keep going because you have the ups and downs and the downs are really hard sometimes. Um, so do you have any travel disasters? Have you ever forgotten the passport, forgotten the queue, forgotten the, t the bow tie? Um, yeah, there was, I, I would say there were three stories. Uh, once I missed the flight about f uh, f for two minutes. That so was where were uh, you flying to? That was uh, actually that was when I was still an amateur. Um, I think I flew to the European uh, Junior Championships, and uh, we had some trouble. And we just arrived two minutes late to the luggage area, yeah. and we couldn't uh, give our luggage away. So we had to book another flight, which was uh, yeah a little bit. And who, when you say we, who is that? That was a supporter of our team yeah. and me. We just traveled together. Yeah. And when you missed that plane by two minutes, I assume there were some choice uh, German swear words used, I assume, or were they English swear words? Or what, did you just remain totally calm? No, honestly, I was so angry with uh, myself and um, I, I didn't really know what to do because we have to go to the European Championships. And um, honestly, I, cu I couldn't swear, swear because I was just so so mentally gone and you, I suppose moment. you were a child at this point as well yeah it's still quite young so yeah. You're not, yeah you can't swear no absolutely <laughs> not uh, yeah and then the next the next time what yeah the next an story? another thing was um, actually that was uh, one of the hardest things for me I just turned on the, uh, turned professional and beat in my first professional tournament I beat Neil Robertson 
and was really confident. And just before the next set of qualifiers then, I was on the plane and my queue did arrive. And oh, yeah. I was um, six days before the tournament. I, I, I went to Sheffield to practice there. And I called the airline maybe 25, 30 times. And they always said, yeah, we, we're going to look what we can do, but we can't, we can't say anything. And uh, my queue just arrived on the day of my match. I couldn't really prepare and my confidence was gone. And yeah. Now, we, that with that, like it's, they can't exactly say, like, oh, we haven't seen it. A stupid queue is quite obvious. It's a very long box. Like, yeah. It's not as if it looks like a suitcase. So there wouldn't be loads of them in there. They'd have this big pile of lost luggage or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think they'd be able to go, right, yeah, that's probably his piece of luggage there. Was there a bit of you thinking, I'm going to have to use another queue? I mean, obviously, you would have had to use another queue, but how would, would you have used another players? Would you have bought one? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I was in the academy in Sheffield, and there were quite many players, and uh, some of them had a few more queues, and I tried some of them. Um, yeah, and I was actually practicing with one of uh, their queues. Yeah, I, I wanted to play with one, one of these queues, but uh, it's... You can't compare it to your cue. It's uh, like your hands. It's so how relieved were you when... What, what happened? Did you, did you get a phone call? Did they say, we got your cue, mate. Do not worry. How did um, that happen? I, I called them and they said, yeah, we, we're confident that you should get it today. We're confident. No, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't want to hear that, do you? <laughs> exactly. And then I just went to the airport to, to pick it up. And then uh, I spoke to someone there and he said... Um, actually, it's not sure that it actually arrived, and I just thought you can't be serious. But uh, then it just arrived, and I was the happiest guy ever. <laughs> so you have to be mentally fit too. And you, and you say it's an extension of your hand, your cue, yeah, right? You exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, like, if you, I don't know, there's a practice table here. So if I was to quickly challenge you on that without using your cue, even though you're playing a complete amateur like myself, would you still have in the back of your head, oh god, I'm using another cue? Yeah, I mean, you try to not think about yeah. it, but it's always in your mind. So, yeah. yeah. And then your final uh, story about travel. So the top one. This has to be the worst. If it's gone, if we've done two, what's this one? When I played the season in the first qualifier, I just wanted to be at the venue like at nine o'clock and the match starts at 10. So I can relax a bit, practice a bit and everything is fine. And the qualifier was in Sheffield and I was living a little bit far away from the venue. I called a taxi at, at like 8.40 something and uh, they said, yeah, it's going to be there in 5-10 minutes. It didn't show up, the taxi. I called another five times and they always said, yeah, it's going to be there in five minutes. And I just thought, are you joking or are you serious? And then it just arrived. It's always five minutes, isn't it? Always five minutes. Yeah, never, yeah, yeah. I'm exactly. ten, never four minutes. I'm always <laughs> five minutes. It's amazing the amount of distances that are measured in five minutes. Yeah, uh, uh, exactly. Yeah, and then uh, the taxi just arrived at, I think, uh, 9.35. And it sh should have been 20 minutes to the venue or 15 when it's not busy, busy. But it was really busy. And I just arrived at the venue at 9.55. My heart was pounding. Pump, yeah, so much like <laughs> that was absolutely crazy. And then just two minutes before I got out of the taxi, I thought, do I need a bow tie? Because I just played in the Q school uh, three weeks ago and we didn't need a bow tie there. I usually need a bow tie for all the qualifiers. But where's my bow tie? I can't find my bow tie. And then uh, luckily I could borrow another bow tie and just arrived like three minutes before the match. At who's, who's, sorry, who's got like a spare bow tie going? Whose bow tie did you borrow? Has yeah. someone got like a collection or something? 
Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure where Russ from, but I was just, <laughs> just lucky. Just from the floor. <laughs> you, you'd stole another player's. Now another player was probably looking for their bow tie. You probably took theirs. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, when I just got it and just went to the table, I think it was two minutes before 10. I was just so happy that I was at the table, actually. Because if you arrive late, you get docked frames, don't you? Like yeah, exactly. A lot, of, a lot of people I mean, don't realize this. Yeah, you, you, can't be, you can't be one minute late. Mm. You, you need to wear your bow tie, and that's all the things. So you if you don't wear your bow tie, what happens? Yeah, I think you can't play. You yeah. lose. If you forget your cue. I just know, like, if you forget your, your chalk at the table, you can't go immediately back. You have to play a shot before you can go back. Right, we're going to have a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to be doing it the quick fire round with Lucas Kleckers. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Ken Hardy, and you're listening to the World Snooker Tours Table Talk Podcast. Uh, right, we've just come back from the break. Um, I'd like to report that I did challenge Lucas on the practice table. Um, he used uh, someone else's cue. Uh, some bloke called Mark Selby's, and he beat me. We don't need to know the score. <laughs> now, Lucas, we're going to do the quick fire round, okay? So, very quick answers, very quick uh, fire questions. So, first one, whose safety game would you take? Um, Mark Selby and John Higgins. Oh, need one? Uh, just Mark Selby then. Whose potting game? Judge Trump. How many cues have you owned? Too many. Uh, seven. Seven, okay. Because some people have only had one, haven't they? Like Ken Doherty. Only had I one. wish I had only one, but... Yeah. <laughs> How many keepy-uppies can you do with a football? I uh, didn't do them a long time ago, for a long time, so maybe 20. If you could play another sport professionally, what would it be? Uh, table tennis. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We haven't had that answer yet. Who's your favourite player? Uh, Timo Ball there. Did you pass your driving test first time? Yes, and I'm very lucky about that. <laughs> right, you're hosting a dinner party. Very posh, you can invite one snooker player, past or present, uh, someone from another sport, a musician and an animal. So who are you going to invite? So we do the other snooker player, first of all. And Alex has just arrived again to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, then I have to say Alex. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's his cue. Well, it's his cue. Yeah. There's been a queue. Yeah, you've been watching my queue. Yeah, there's been a queue sat by our table. We were watching it for you. <laughs> He's just gone here to use the practice table. Oh, we, is it going to be Alex you're going to invite? I wouldn't invite him uh, to, the snoo- to this dinner party. He's here, so now I have to tell him. <laughs> Go on, we'll have him. Uh, someone from another sport? Probably a team of ball, yeah. Yep, uh, the, a musician. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Yeah. And then an animal. Koala, because they always look so relaxed. They are. And they're in need of a lot of rescue at the moment, aren't they, with yeah. the terrible Australian fires. Right, final thing, final thing, is can you tell the listeners to rate and review the podcast? Yeah, I really hope you enjoyed the interview like I did, and hope you can rate it. Lovely, and review it, and tell your friends. That would be lovely. Lucas Kleckers, thank you very much. Thank you.